Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is a free iOS app downloaded today, and you can have a full-blown conversation with your favorite sports analysis, reporters, or even athletes. It's that awesome. I'm also on Locker Room, so I will let you guys know the next time I go live, and I would love to have a discussion with you guys. Locker Room is changing the way how we talk about sports. So, the New Jersey Devils, shall we say, uh, you know, it's been a rough stretch for them since they're on an eight-game losing streak and have to face the Penguins this afternoon, but... Overall, you know, I think there's some exciting things to look forward to, especially with certain netminders and their contracts and how we should shake that up. And also, what does our defense really look like? Is there any room for potential? I personally believe so if we just develop in the right direction. But, you know, uh, there's some X factors and there's some question marks. So we're going to talk about it in this episode. So buckle up. You're locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the hockey writers, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 9.52 p.m. Eastern Time, April the 23rd, 2021 at the time of this recording. And guys, we have another game against the Pittsburgh Penguins this afternoon. It's going to be at 12.30 Eastern Time, so about six hours after this episode is posted. So if you hadn't checked out the last couple of episodes, I basically talked about some of the struggles that the New Jersey Devils have been dealing with. However, I kind of had to address an elephant in the room, which was we are just having bad goaltending all around. So uh, obviously at the time of this recording, it was an off day for the New Jersey Devils. So obviously they have been doing uh, a lot of like practicing, morning skate, whatever the case might be. Amanda Stein tweeted out, Dell and Wedgwood are sharing the net at the other end of the ice. And quite honestly, guys, you know, those two players, like I was big on us signing Aaron Dell earlier this season, and I was big on Scott Wedgwood throughout the entire year because I felt like both of them were kind of diamonds in the rough. So if you guys remember, Aaron Dell was supposed to be Corey Crawford's replacement, and you know Scott Wedgwood was kind of holding down the fort temporarily while Mackenzie Blackwood was on the COVID protocol list. And overall, you know, I was just high praise for those two players because they kept us afloat, to say the least. Like you can't. Uh, not say that they didn't like keep us in certain games when we had no business of winning them or you know the fact that Scott Wedgwood has two of our three shutouts this season you know I've been big on them and they're just having a rough series guys so anyway uh, I, I guess my main uh, takeaway from the last episode was that you know I was harsh on them but I felt like it was necessary and justified because guys this is unacceptable because like I told you guys we shouldn't have to be going to our backup goaltenders for uh, back-to-back games. That shouldn't happen. Like, you know, if you're doing that, you have a problem. So we really need to, like, hunker down. So personally, here's my opinion. Arendelle should not be back next year. He shouldn't. Now, this is sort of a hot take. You guys, I don't know. Take what you want to take from this. I think Scott Wedgwood deserves another chance because I believe now that he's seeing more reps, he's getting accustomed to, like, NHL reps once again. I feel as though he should be solid next year, and I think, you know, you could still develop him because he'll turn 29 this August, and overall, I think Scott Wedgwood deserves a second chance. So, this season, he's played in 14 games. He has a record of 3-6-3, and goals and against average of 3.04, and a save percentage 899. So, obviously, nothing spectacular, and obviously, you know, his numbers have been going down 
due to the fact that they've been giving up a lot of goals this past weekend to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So if we're looking at Scott Wedgwood's contract, so he signed a one-year $700,000 contract deal with the New Jersey Devils. And I don't know where you guys stand on this personally, but I personally believe that we should re-sign Scott Wedgwood to another one-year deal just to see how he's doing. So Aaron Dell signed a one-year $800,000 contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Obviously, he was waived by them this season, and we picked him up. And uh, I personally believe that Aaron Dell should just, you know, be let go. Like, just let him walk. Like, it's not worth keeping him around because, like like I told you guys, Aaron Dell just wasn't what we thought he would be this season, and his numbers prove it. So the Toronto Maple Leafs were smart to waive him. So his stats this season, and albeit I know Wedgwood, and Dell's uh, numbers have been going down, but let's look at it this way. He's played in seven games. He has a record of one and five, a goals against average of 4.14, and a save percentage of 857. So obviously, I talked about both of the respective stats from uh, the last episode, but I'm telling you guys their contracts as well and what the New Jersey Devils should do. So ultimately, I just believe that we should give Scott Wedgwood another chance because I believe he will be a solid uh, third string goalie, sort of what Aaron Dell is doing right now. Because I feel as though Scott Wedgwood, I, I, I believe out of Dell and himself, I feel as though you could develop Wedgwood into something a little more because Aaron Dell is 31 years old. So he's got a couple of years uh, on Wedgwood. So I feel like what you see is what you get with Aaron Dell. So I personally feel as though Scott Wedgwood should be given another chance and be signed to another one-year deal because, let's face it, I don't think Scott Wedgwood is going to be going anywhere. And he also provides something. He provides a championship experience, even though he wasn't, you know, officially on the roster when the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup last season. But still, you know, that's still championship experience, to say the least. So the net minding has indeed been bad for the New Jersey Devils the last couple of games. But how bad has it been? Well, According to Chris Ryan, he tweeted this. He said, over the last five periods, the Penguins have generated 3.21 expected goals against the Devils. They've scored 12. Just abysmal goaltending with Blackwood out. So, you know, obviously uh, getting a new uh, backup goaltender will be key for the New Jersey Devils. As we all know, it was supposed to be Corey Crawford. And I actually saw a tweet that was lingering around saying, Corey Crawford retiring cost the Devils a playoff berth. Now, that's a very interesting tweet. If we had Corey Crawford and, you know, still had Wedgwood around as our third-string goalie, is it possible that the New Jersey Devils would have, you know, had a better chance of going to the playoffs? I don't really know. I believe we can't blame it on just goaltending because, guys, defense has been terrible. Specialty teams have been terrible. And, you know, prior to the trade for uh, Zajac and Paul Mary. Our offense has been, you know, you know, up and down, give or take. It depends on the game. So overall, you know, I believe we're just letting the young guys run around and be free. But, you know, that's a topic for uh, another time. Overall, I don't think we could just pinpoint it on Corey Crawford. I just don't believe that. I believe we would be in a much better position than we are right now because, like, Blackwood has missed, what, the last uh, two or so games. And, you know, we're playing one of the top teams out east, you know, who's trying to compete for that first seed out east as well. So it's just like, you know, um, you know, we need better net minding because this is not getting us done because, you know, it seems like we give up within the first few seconds of the game even though we tie it up. And we, we still can't finish a period. That was my main takeaway from the last episode as well. So overall, I don't know if we could just pinpoint it on Corey Crawford. That is an interesting topic of discussion. However, you know, like I said, I think it's a little unfair 
to just pinpoint it on Corey Crawford. And, uh, you know, we still have to look at it. You know, would we still have our COVID outbreak? Like, would we still have to suspend our season? Would uh, these injuries happen or this, that, and the third? So, you know, there's a lot of factors to take in because it's not as clear cut as people make it out to be. Because, like I told you guys, here's some things that have gone wrong for us. So, obviously, Mackenzie Blackwood was first out with COVID. Then we had uh, an outbreak amongst the team and we had to pause action for a couple weeks. We were able to upset the Rangers and the Bruins within uh, our first two games back, and they were statement games. And yet we've fallen off ever since then, and we just never found our consistency back. So would we still have to trade uh, Zajac and Paul Mary? Uh, you know, I don't know. Would we be in a better position? I, I, I really don't know. That's a very interesting topic of discussion because we can't just look at the Corey Crawford uh, retiring scenario of, you know, just being our saving grace, you know. Uh, I feel like there was a lot of other factors that just haven't gone our way. Like, you know, would Ty Smith still, uh, you know, be the player he once was? I guess I'm reading a little too far into the tweet. I guess he overall means like, you know, everything would remain the same, but we would just have Corey Crawford as our backup. But like I told you guys, you know, that still doesn't solve our specialty team's issues. It doesn't solve our defensive issues. And, you know, overall, like I told you guys, our offense can be, you know, either our best friend or our worst enemy. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not there. So like, you know, uh, these two games against the Pittsburgh Penguins, I believe are case in point because we were able to score six goals in one period against the Penguins. And then the very next game, you know, Tennyson got lucky, but we were on the verge of getting shut out. Or, you know, we got shut out by a rookie netminder, Shasurskin, in back-to-back games. We couldn't generate anything. So, you know, that's a very uh, interesting topic of discussion. However, I just don't feel as though we can just pinpoint it on uh just one player retiring because i feel like there's just a whole a lot of other factors that you know we need to look at so overall you know i i I think the tweet is interesting but at the end of the day like, like i told you guys you know i'm a little hesitant about it but you know let me know what you guys think on twitter locked on devils and you know give me your opinion and also if you enjoyed this episode or this podcast in general make sure you leave me a good review and i will give you guys a shout out So, like I told you guys, I'm very active on my social media accounts, whether it's my personal account or my Locked On Devils account. And I tell you guys, tweet at me your opinions, tweet at me your responses, your reactions, wherever the case might be, because I love interacting with you guys. And I overall just love, you know, just having that uh, connection with my fan base about the New Jersey Devils. And hearing your guys' opinions really can change my perspective or overall just, you know, uh, provide some insight to other Devils fans. That's why I love using Locker Room and things of that nature. So anyway, uh, one of my uh, responders, he's also an avid listener. And he comes all the way from Germany and he has the username Mr. Bean at uh, Mr. Underscore Kofalu. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Let me know if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. I know he's listening right now. So he said uh, in response to, um, you know, when the New Jersey Devils lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins in game one by a score of seven to six, he said, what a game, poor defense, must fix that, shining plays with awesome combined goals from the young boys and never give up mentality. Think a lot of potential next season. So that's something I really wanted to talk about. And I wish I mentioned it in the last episode or the episode before that, but never really got around to doing. So I want to do a reaction to that tweet. And I want to say, 
absolutely a lot of potential next year for the New Jersey Devils. And it's really exciting to see everybody because I don't know what's going to happen uh, in, during the offseason. So I can give you guys my opinions as to who might be gone, who might resign. So obviously, it seems like Lindy Ruff is big on Murray and Siegenthaler and he wants to keep them around. So I think he's going to tell... Uh, you know, Fitzgerald to keep them for at least a year or two because he believes Siegenthaler can develop into one of the top five defensemen um, you know, in, in, on their team or in the East Division, whatever the case might be. I might have to look at that interview again. But uh, all in all, he has high hopes for Jonas Siegenthaler. And Siegenthaler, slowly but surely, I think he's starting to get into the mix of things. Obviously, he hasn't done anything. But, you know, he gets, uh, you know, a decent amount of playing time considering the fact that, you know, we're dealing with injuries and there's really no one else to compete him uh, for, you know, those minutes. But overall, you know, I, I think Murray and Siegenthaler will be back. So, you know, keep that in mind. I'm not really really sure how I feel about that but overall you know I, I guess that is something to look forward to but anyway let's talk about something else let's talk about something more positive but yeah let's look at the nail on the head which is never give up mentality so I love that from the New Jersey Devils which is they have a never give up mentality like uh, one of my listeners stated so you know uh, you know when we were down what like uh, six to nothing going into uh, period number three we scored three unanswered goals then uh, we give up a goal, and then we score three more unanswered goals, and then Andreas Janssen gets his first goal in, what, like 32-something games or 23-something games? I, I forget the exact number, but, you know, that's a never-give-up mentality. Hopefully, Janssen starts to pick it up as the season starts to end, obviously. Uh, he's been a letdown this season. Um, you know, we still have him around for next season as well due to his contract, and um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential, and I definitely do see a light for the New Jersey Devils. That that's what I want to say. I definitely see a light at the end of the tunnel for this rebuild and I'm liking where uh you know this direction is heading. So obviously at the beginning of the show, I was talking about our goaltending situation because I feel as though it's solid. So if you give Mackenzie Blackwood, obviously this is a down year for him. It's not his fault. You know, now he's dealing with injury. He had to deal with COVID. So he's sort of in the similar uh, shoes as Nico Heizer, our captain, which is, you know, he could have been performing a lot better, but it just seems like he is just not fully accustomed to, you know, full on uh, playing quite yet. He's slowly but surely getting there, but you know, obviously for Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, this weekend has proven that we need him, like, ASAP. Like, you know, I don't know if he's going to play this afternoon. Like I said, this episode is being recorded, you know, in advance. So, you know, that's always up in the air. But, you know, um, overall, I think if Mackenzie Blackwood can just finish the season on a high note, then, you know, he could take it into the offseason, then training camp, and then obviously there's projected to be more games next season. I believe we will be playing a full uh, 82 game season next year. Wouldn't quote me on that, but I'm confident that we will. So, uh, you know, I, I believe if some of our players just had more game opportunities and just not seeing the same team night in and night out, because I told you guys this was a downfall just having to play the same team over and over again. So, you know, overall, uh, I, I think once everything goes back to normal, we make a few adjustments in the offseason and we don't do anything drastic. I feel as though the New Jersey Devils in our division, we can definitely, you know, be like the Rangers sort of. We can creep on a playoff spot, maybe borderline, but it's going to be hard and it's going to, you know, require 
everything to go right for us. So I told you guys, if everything went right for the New Jersey Devils, they finished fifth in the East Division and they would miss the playoffs by barely. So I definitely do believe that. So, you know, that, that there's that possibility. Now, let's look over at the defense. Yes, the defense was horrendous, but overall, I think it's just a combination of bad uh, goaltending for the New Jersey Devils, like I told you guys previously. So, Overall, uh, you know, that that's um, something I just want to reiterate so much in the next couple episodes, which is goaltending has been our issue during this series against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It hasn't been defense. That's part of it, yes, but overall, I just think it's the combination tandem of Dell and Wedgwood just not really uh, working out like we hoped it could work out. So, you know, obviously, you know, with our young players running and gunning, and obviously Zaka has now come back from injury. We're just waiting for Jesper Brat. And speaking of which, uh, P.K. Subban, uh, I think he confirmed on his Instagram story that he does, in fact, have COVID. So P.K. Subban is going to be out for, you know, a few more games, guys. So he wasn't in close contact with anyone. He actually does have COVID because he posted on his Instagram. He said, COVID all up in my grill right now, but thank you for the gifts, messages, and well wishes. Stay safe. So uh, P.K. Subban himself confirmed that he does, in fact, have COVID. So uh, that's going into my next topic of discussion, which is P.K. Subban. So obviously P.K. Subban might be out the door following a Zajac and Paul Mary. Um, and honestly, uh, you know, I hope uh, that's not the case. I don't know. I, I'm a little conflicted with P.K. Subban because, like I told you guys, he was kind of carrying our offense throughout uh, the past few games. So this season, in 44 games played, he has 5 goals, 14 assists for a grand total of 19 points. Now, here's the thing, guys. He's already topped his points total from last season. So in 68 games played, he had 7 goals, 11 assists for a grand total of 18 points. Now, his plus and minus is still horrendous, to say the least, and there's still a lot of things that he needs to work on, uh, you know, to get better. But Overall, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's like it's slowly starting to improve. But, you know, it's kind of funny that we're talking about a former Norris Trophy winner slowly improving. We should, you know, be talking about how he's uh, just, uh, I I guess, like sort of at the tail end of his prime because he is 31 years old. But, you know, that that's uh, a discussion for another time. I believe the Seattle Kraken might take P.K. Subban. And obviously, if Subban didn't have his monstrous contract that dates all the way back from his Montreal Canadian days, then I feel as though uh, the Subban wouldn't be, you know, as bad. You know you know what I mean? Just like uh, overall, we would be satisfied with his play because we need some sort of just momentum in New Jersey. We, we, we need something. But overall, you know, that's something I'm looking forward to, which is just, uh, you know, development of our defense, seeing what can happen. So, you know, the players like Severson, I, I, I hope Severson could just improve just a tad bit more. Like you, you guys know, he's done little to nothing the past, uh, you know, few games. But overall, uh, I, I bet the New Jersey Devils will do better next season. In fact, if you are a person who likes to take a bet, you need to go to betonline.ag, which is the best betting online website in the entire market. You can bet on your favorite NHL, NBA, NFL, NBA games, whatever the case might be. Obviously, the MLB season has begun, and they are running and gunning to start right now. It's 162 games. The NHL is closing in on the playoffs. Same with the NBA. Everyone is looking like a lock so far. So go to betonline.ag to pick your next champion. And also, if you are a person who likes to take a risk and you would like to just up the ante a little bit, you can bet on some reality shows as well. So 
uh yeah bet online is that awesome and i am not surprised by the amount of offers they have in fact they have a promo offer for you guys so if you go to betonline.ag and create a free account you can uh use the promo code locked on and you will get a 50 percent welcome bonus that's right use the promo code locked on and you will get a 50 percent welcome bonus so uh, also visit our friends at Locked On Bets as they give you guys their predictions, analysis, and overall ideas of the next few games. And they are, you know, awesome guys. So give them a follow on Twitter and, and listen to them wherever you get your podcast from, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever the case might be. They are that awesome. Bet online. Get with it and get in the action, everybody. So uh actually there's someone else i need to talk about defensive wise for the new jersey devils and he will be a future norris cup winner if he keeps this up it's ty smith a diamond in the rough i love this kid so much you guys already know that what do i like best about ty smith just the the fact that he's able to create he's fearless he fell under the radar and overall the former 17th overall draft pick for the New Jersey Devils back in 2018 has lived up, you know, <laughs> to no hype because, you know, no one was really talking about him. But at the same time, you know, there was potential because similar to Sharon Govich, uh, people were noticing that he was actually performing fairly well in training camp. So this season, obviously, he's still injured and we're waiting for him to come back. He has played in 44 games, has two goals, 19 assists for a grand total of 21 points, and I'm excited to see what this kid can do in the future. It's so exciting. And do I think he's going to win the Calder Memorial Trophy? Absolutely not. But, you know, still, the fact that he was in consideration for it just tells you the determination that this kid has. And also, do you guys need more proof that our net mining has been terrible? The New Jersey Devils have played in 11 consecutive games without a save percentage that begins with a 9 or a 1. So, yeah, the tank is on for the New Jersey Devils, and we will actually talk about that in the next episode, seeing where we're projected to have our draft selection. And I must tell you guys, that pick that we got from the New York Islanders, nowhere to be seen within the top 20. So, you know, that's a discussion we're going to have. But anyway, that's all the time I have for you guys today. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils! And also... I hope you guys have some sort of hope after this episode because I basically painted you guys a picture of what our roster is like now and what we need to do in the future, who we need to keep and who is projected to be kept. And overall, I will keep track of my predictions, guys, and I will let you know if I was right or wrong. So go Devils, and hopefully we could just take one against the Penguins.